Okay, Father, Father, when I say that word, what comes to mind? I can almost guarantee that each one of us will have a different picture in our minds, a different thought in our heads, each one influenced by what our fathers were or are like. For some of us, it would be a happy thought or picture, a special time of you and your dad together, or even your dad together with you and your siblings. Happy times, happy thoughts. But not everybody was fortunate to grow up like that. To many, when I say father, words like angry, abusive, distant, threatening, intimidating, silent, preoccupied, mean, or absent come to mind. Because that is what your father was like. And unfortunately, it it so often affects our thoughts and understanding of God because we call him father. We call him father. And that's the title of this message this morning. We call him father. Today we're beginning a new series looking at the character of God. And today I'll be looking at God as father. There are many words in the Bible used for God. Words like creator, king, master, shepherd, lord, great physician, judge, alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the everlasting one, and many, many more, as we'll find out as we work our way through this series. But the one that is used more than all the others in the New Testament is Father. It is used over 150 times. When I came to Christ and surrendered my life to him at the age of 19, I didn't didn't struggle to accept God as Father, even though my father had passed away three years earlier, because I had grown up with an amazing father. He loved us. I'm the middle of three children, two boys and a girl, and he was always there for us when we needed him. He was kind and caring, encouraging and supportive, loving and generous. He was not a pushover. We knew our boundaries, and if we overstepped the mark, he disciplined us, but always in love. We knew we could depend on him. He didn't just love and support us, He loved our community too and was always willing to help others where and when he could. And he encouraged us to do likewise. So I had no problem accepting God as father and knowing that he loved me, that I was his beloved son. But I also know of many people who did not grow up with a father like mine and who find it hard to believe in God as father. To them, God is distant, preoccupied, angry, uncaring, unloving, and can't love them because they believe they are unlovable. If this is something you've experienced, my heart goes out to you. And I want you to know that this is a lie from the devil. God, our Father, loves you. I'm going to say that again. God, our Father, loves you. Jamie Snyder in his book, Thou Shall, says this, God is preoccupied. 
with you. If he had a desk, your picture would be on it. If he had a wallet, your picture would be in it. God is not disappointed with you. He is captivated by you. The Bible says that you are the apple of his eye. God is not distant. He is literally closer than your next breath. Now, I think we've experienced that this morning, the presence of God here. God is Father. God is not angry, distant, or busy Father. He is loving Father. That is his identity. And his identity has everything to do with our identity as followers of Jesus. If God is a loving Father, then you and I are loved children. We call him Father because that is who God is. He's not just Jesus' Father, but yours and mine. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Luke 11 verse 2 in the New King James Version. This was revolutionary to the, to the Jews. They would have never dared to address God as Father. That was un, unheard of. Such a casual and intimate way to address God. They wouldn't even write his name out in full. They'd just use the consonants. In our English Bibles, the word that is translated into Father is the Aramaic word Abba. Now, not the 70s Swedish group that's making a comeback. Okay? The word Abba should more accurately be translated as Daddy. It's a word of endearment and intimacy. One of the first words that most English-speaking babies learn to say as they develop their language is Dada. Dada. And that develops into Daddy. It's one of the first words that they learn. Jamie Snyder in his book, Thou Shall, goes on to say, when Jesus tells us to address God as Abba or Daddy, he crushes the walls of religiosity that often keeps us feeling so distant from God. With one word, he redefines what it means to be in a relationship with God. By calling himself Daddy, God doesn't just ask us to bow at his feet. He invites us to curl up on his lap. When you understand that God thinks about you, and loves you like a father loves a baby on his lap, everything changes. We call him Father because that is who he is, and that is who he wants to be in your life. He doesn't just want to be the one who created you and knitted you together in your mother's womb. He doesn't just want to be the one who knows everything about you and watches over you and is concerned about every aspect of your life. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you where you know him as daddy or papa or whatever other term of endearment you want to use when you speak to him. He doesn't mind it when you use a term of endearment when speaking to you. In fact, he loves it. How many of you have or had, if they're no longer with us, a special name for your father? Stephen, my son, calls me Popsicle. And I love it when he does it. And it's a name that he only uses for me. So it makes me feel special. 
When I think of Father God and of my dad, there are so many aspects in my dad that I can see in God as my father. My dad loved my mom. He loved us, his children. He loved his extended family. And he loved the people he encountered in the various facets of his life, work, sport, social. My dad worked hard to provide for us as well as to be able to bless others. My dad was always willing to help others. My dad corrected us and disciplined us when we stepped out of line. My dad took delight in us and supported us when we participated in various activities and events. We didn't have to be the best so long as we did our best and gave all we could. He didn't love us any more if we won or if we lost. He was proud of us when we won, but he made sure we did not become arrogant or conceited when we won consistently. My dad was honest and trustworthy and taught us to be likewise. If we lied and he found out, we would be in serious trouble. My dad was involved in our community and encouraged us to do likewise by setting the example. Father God loves us. In fact, he loves the whole world and everyone on it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Father God is our provider, blessing us with all that we need if we ask him. Men, why are you doing this? We too are only men, human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without a testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. It's Acts chapter 14, verses 15 to 17, where Paul and Barnabas are in Lystra when they healed the lame man and the the people began to proclaim them as gods and wanted to bring offerings and gifts and worship them. And they said, no, we're just normal men like you. We've come to bring you the good news of a father who loves you and wants to bless you and gives you everything you need. He shows kindness with rain from heaven, crops in season, food that fills your heart with joy. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, And all these things will be given to you as well. As children of a loving heavenly daddy who delights in us and wants to bless us with all we need because he loves us, and because of his love for us, he will also discipline us when we step out of line. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you've forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not, t- do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? 
If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those those who have been trained by it. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. God disciplines us because he loves us. And he always does it in love. I believe that society has gone soft on discipline, just as it has on sin. And that's why there's so many undisciplined children and that have no respect for their elders in society today. But that's a subject for another time. God our Father disciplines us because he loves us. God our Father does not lie, for he is truth. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, a faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. The opening of Titus, uh, it's Titus chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Society has been lied to by the father of lies, Satan, for so long that it's lost its understanding of truth. The world has lost its understanding of truth because of the lies of Satan. There's no longer absolute truth. Because Jesus and God have been sidelined and relegated to the realm of fairy tales and myths. People believe in Father Christmas more than they believe in Jesus Christ. But God as truth will prevail. And the inhabitants of the earth will one day all bow before him. Some in joy, others in dread, fear and trembling. But then it will be too late. Father God loves our community, and he doesn't just invite us to love them too. He actually commands us to go out and love them, so that they do not end up in that line that is leading away from the kingdom of God and into the pit of hell. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We have been commanded to go and love this world and make disciples of this world, teaching and sharing the love of God with them. As children of a heavenly daddy who loves us, cares for us, delights in us, provides for us, how can we not do likewise to those around us who do not know God and call him Father and share his love and life with them? That's what we have to do. That's why we're here. We encounter God for when we encounter other people. We call him Father because he is our Father. Amen.
So here are discussion questions. And for those online, we'll close the YouTube channel now and switch over to Zoom for you to discuss these questions. I'm just going to read through the questions and then we'll shut down um, YouTube. Okay, so discussion questions. What one thing stood out for you in this talk? Second one, how was your image of God as father influenced by your father? How has this talk affected the way you think of God as father? Pray for one another, especially if any past hurts, struggles, or insecurities have surfaced during this talk. Okay, guys, in the hall, the questions will be up there for you. Those online will come and switch over to Zoom and put the questions up for you there.